Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's just me today, Mark, flying solo. I am joined today by Kent from Nux. I always screw that name up. Nux Misconduct. The kind of a tongue twister there. The Vancouver Canucks website for SB Nation. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Vancouver and get a preview of Calgary's rival to the West. Kent, first, thanks for joining us. And how are you? I'm doing well. How about you, Mark? I'm doing fantastic. So uh, last night, Flames in Vancouver uh, hit the ice. Vancouver walks away with a 4-2 victory for Calgary. The only victory was actually putting the puck in the net as they've now been outscored 8-2. to Um you have any thoughts? I mean, I know it was basically an AHL roster versus an AHL roster, but uh, what did you see from your side last night? Uh, well, I think it was like definitely um, closer to what they're going to start the season with roster-wise than they saw the night before against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a few more regulars in the lineup and stuff, but uh, you know, there's a couple of glaring. Uh, absences in the lineup right now which we'll cover (laughs) later um overall though um that pretty much went i think the way i expected it to go um it was uh you know they had a couple of uh nice uh goals in the first period there and um some of the younger guys are really starting to make an impression. Uh, Jack Rathbone had another strong game last night, and he's definitely uh, making a a play to get a roster spot and, and not start the year in Abbotsford. Um, looked like uh, Vasily Pod Colson was uh, as advertised. You know, he had a couple of good scoring opportunities in the first period, and uh, you know. It's just going to be fun to watch how this kid develops and stuff. What'd you think of uh, DiPietro last night? A pretty solid game, you know, um, for a guy that didn't really get a chance to play much at all last season. Um, you know, he wasn't able to be called up because of the COVID situation and Utica being so far away from Vancouver um, and then not getting a whole lot of playing time down there as it was. Um, he, he looked good, you know, he's apparently, uh, pretty determined to, uh, pick up where he had left off bef- the year before and, uh, uh, the Canucks are working with him, you know, so that he's going to be the number one guy in Abbotsford and, you know, should there be an injury situation or something like that, he wants to be ready to be called up and, uh, be able to help out if needed. Yeah, I thought he looked really good last night, too. I mean, it wasn't the Flames' best roster on the ice, but then again, the Flames' best roster isn't the best roster they can put on the ice anyway. So, yeah, I thought he looked I thought he looked fairly solid last night. Um, last night, not on the ice, speaking of former Flames, Travis Hamannick, what's the situation with uh, with him in Vancouver? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one because we don't have a lot of details at the moment. What started out with... Um, 
just before training camp, Jim Benning said that he felt that uh, Hamannick was going to be there. And training camp opens, and he's not there. And we find out that he's taking a personal leave. And it's family-related. And if you remember, he had taken the playoffs off in 2020 because of COVID and concerns. He has a young daughter who had health issues. And, you know, everybody understood that. There was no problem. The NHL had their opt-out policy, and he chose to take advantage of it. He's currently mulling that again. We don't know if it's because he's not vaccinated. Some people have assumed that that's what it is, but we don't actually have confirmation of that or not. But um, his opinions on vaccinations and stuff like that may not even be as important to the whole thing as, you know, the guy obviously wants to take care of his family. And he's willing to sacrifice the rest of his career, potentially, to do that. So I think to do anything other than give him the space and time to be able to make the decision, which has to be done by October 1st, is what we should be doing. You know, I mean, if he is against the vaccine, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it's disappointing. But at the same time, you know, if he's going to do that, then you know, we'll just have to deal with that. I mean, it's not like the Canucks are always uh, the most stable of franchises. So, (laughs) you know, we'll just take another hit and try and figure it out. Yeah, and I think you do bring up a good point too. It's, you know, he's got family. If he's, you know, has a daughter who has health issues within the house, you know, maybe hockey just isn't as important to him as family. And that's probably the way it should be. Um, so I, I think I, I totally understand that and where he's coming from. I think just sometimes people forget that there is a little more outside of the sheet and the arena. You know, there is, these guys actually have lives. These players have families, they have health issues on their own. Um, and sometimes I think we all forget. It. It's just like, well, he's got to be out there. He's a hockey player. He's on the contract, but sometimes there are more important things than life. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, off season wise, Vancouver uh, last season was, tough for Vancouver not that then I say that with full understanding that Calgary's season was terrible too um so that's definitely not a shot at you guys and the Canucks um what did Vancouver do in the offseason to potentially make themselves better than they were last year or did they well I mean you you have to I'm the last person who's going to come run out and give Jim Benning credit for anything but (laughs) He, he did definitely set out to make changes and he always been criticized in the past of not doing enough, you know, to try and stem off potential disasters. So one thing that he did was, you know, there was an overhaul on defense. Now it didn't necessarily make it any better, you know, bringing in a guy like Oliver Ekman Larson, whose best days are behind him. But, you know, still has value, I think, is, you know, is a decent move. There were a lot of minor free agent signings. Obviously, Connor Garland coming in Mm -hmm. and filling a a top six spot gives the Canucks a lot more flexibility to move some other guys up and down the lineup, you know, um, giving them more of a three to four line attack than just, the top two lines and everybody else, 
know, and getting rid of guys like Jay Beagle and uh, Louis Erickson. Oh, you know, I'm still amazed that they were able to move that contract. But, you know, I mean, they took a lot back. And, you know, their salary cap situation has them in a bit of a crunch trying to get uh, Elias Pettersson and uh, Quinn Hughes signed right now. But, um, you know, maybe if this Hamannick thing does play out the way it appears it's going to, that could give them the extra bit of salary relief they'll need to be able to get these guys locked down and back in camp. Now let's jump right over to Pedersen and Hughes. Obviously those were the two glaring omissions um, from last night's game, if they even would have played. Um, obviously contracts are up in the air. Um, what's the, what's the status up there right now of those two players? Well, it depends on who you hear it from, but you know, it sounds like they're still a, a little ways away. Um, they both have the same agent. So I suppose that's probably a good thing in that, you know, they don't have differing uh, opinions and stuff about who should get what. It's one guy doing the work for both of the, the players and probably makes it a little bit easier for the Canucks to deal with in terms of communication. Um, Patterson is pretty much hanging out with Quinn Hughes in Michigan right now. They were spotted at the University of Michigan football game the other day, which didn't sit well with some Canucks fans because, you know, well, we should be, they should be at training camp, you know, because no player has ever held out on their team before. And um, this is a first. So yeah, <laughs> another history moment for the Canucks, I guess. Yeah, but right. yeah, it's, you know, they're the only real leverage that they have is, uh, you know, restricted free agents is to hold out and try and get the best deal possible. And, you know, obviously if the Canucks had made some better choices uh, with some of the money that they threw around, this probably would have been a lot easier process and may have already been done. It isn't. So we are where we are. Now, do you see those two potentially like maybe is a bridge deal of the best idea for those guys or is it a long term deal? What I mean, obviously, I think players like to get, you know, as much money as they can. Teams like term, you know, because then they own players for a while. What do you think is the best possible scenario? Well, one thing that I've seen a lot is seeing one sign long term and the other a bridge. And to me, I think it's probably lockdown Hughes get him in for a long time, you know, and something similar to what the other defensemen in his caliber are getting and then bridge for Pedersen. And then, you know, hopefully they can uh, throw the big bucks at him so he doesn't take off after that. But, um, you know, like I said, if there is some salary cap relief coming after the uh, Hamannick situation is dealt with. And they've also got uh, Michael Furland's long-term cap yeah. relief. You know, they could possibly get something done for both of them, um, you know, with a relatively good term and decent enough money. So we'll see how that plays out over the next few days. That makes sense. I mean, hey, it could be worse. You could have locked up all of your best players over like five or six years like the Flames did and then do nothing in that term. So, you know, it could it could always be that way. Um, what's expected of Vancouver this season? Um, you know, rough season last year. What's uh what's the pulse? Is it playoffs or is it just improve? 
Well, I mean, Benning has come flat out saying that he expects them to be a playoff team, you know, and it's almost a situation where um, two seasons ago when they, they made the playoffs after missing the previous five years, it was like, you know, it's great for them and nobody expected them to get as far as they did, you know, and they, after beating Minnesota in the play-in and then taking out, out the defending champs and, and then pushing Las Vegas to seven games, that was way more than we ever expected out of them. So the expectations for the following season were pretty high, you know, that they could probably build on that. And they, you know, even without the COVID outbreak that, you know, really kind of put a nail in the coffin of that season for lack of a better term. And uh, probably when talking about a pandemic, not the best choice of words. Um, <laughs> we got you. We got you. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a tough season. They, they struggled a lot. You know, the weaknesses of the team were laid bare and, uh, you know, that's why we saw a lot of the changes that we had this season and, you know, injuries continue to just plague this team. Like I, I think they're top five, over the last 10 years in, uh, in terms of man games lost, they just have guys who are, you know, cursed to uh, not play full seasons. So, but you know, there, there has been a, a pretty significant shuffle of uh, players on the team. You know, they've got a different look defensively. They're still not where they need to be, but at least there's some different faces there some younger guys who maybe, you know, through time might be able to develop into a, something that uh, can give a guy like um, Thatcher Demko, you know, nights where he's not having to stop 40 shots, you know. Um, and, I mean, he he does seem to thrive on, the, on this high workload thing. But, oh, you know, as we saw with Jacob Markstrom, you know, it wasn't always a recipe for success. So... Yeah, no, that definitely, uh, Markstrom, we noticed that last year, uh, once Sutter came in, I, and Riddick was gone, I think he had like one or two days off. They just rode him into the ground the rest of the season. So obviously, obviously you need somebody to back, you know, dump go up like that. But also, I don't know if, you know, with the rigors of how the game is played now, if 60, you know, 60 to 70 starts is good for anybody. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I like the, the move of bringing in Yaroslav Halak. He's a, you know, a proven backup that you know has the experience can can play you know 25 maybe even 30 games this year if they need him to and uh you know he didn't have the greatest year in boston but you know overall through his career he's been a solid solid goaltender and uh, i think that's you know especially after the disappointment of what happened with Braden holpe where you know he just could not get on track and, and it's too bad because i mean you know super nice guy you know, has been a great goaltender in the NHL, but for whatever reason, it just did not happen for him. And, you know, they had to ended up having to buy him out after one season. So, yeah, I remember when that, that was a big name coming in. I remember thinking before the season, like, oh, they're going to have to face Holpe like 10 times. That's not going to be pretty at all. And it worked out 
in the Flames' favor. Uh, you know, so I was kind of, I was kind of surprised it went that way. Um, but you know, I mean, those things happen sometimes. It's not like you know, Calgary brought in James Neal and look how that worked out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, sometimes it just happens that way. Um, Flames fans are notoriously negative. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, you know, it's the sky is always falling, no matter what is happening. Um, what's the fan pulse like in Vancouver? What are the what are Vancouver fans thinking as this season approaches? Uh, well, the Canucks fandom is probably one of the most divided fan bases I think I've ever seen in sports. There's the people who try to look at things you know objectively and say, you know, this team has some good good potential but there are weaknesses that are going to continue to plague them and then there are the people who think that jim benning is doing a heck of a job and you know any criticism of of the team is an attack and you know so it's just there's no there's no real middle ground you're either you know a Benning bro, as they like to call them, or, you know, a, a hater of the Canucks, because obviously if you're criticizing the team, you must hate them, right? So it it, it gets a little, uh, it's like social media for the Canucks is just a tire fire some days because anything that happens, you know, the slightest word sets off wars and backs and it goes back and forth and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of things get lost in the shuffle. Like earlier this week, the, the bag skate incident, you know, where a mm -hmm. video was posted of Oliver Ekman Larson, just absolutely gassed after it. And people going like, Oh my God, that look at this guy. He's so out of shape. The context of that video was that that was after the fourth lap. Yeah. It wasn't the first lap. But the video didn't say, you know, on the tweet, it didn't say that. And a lot of people were assuming incorrectly that, oh, my God, look at that. They start doing this bag skate and he can't even keep up with anybody. You know, and this is, you know, so because of that, yeah. they don't get the, you know, it's all it all gets lost in translation sometimes. And it's a little frustrating. I think, you know, the, with what happened with Yoel Levy, you know, collapsing in the corner afterwards and, you know, staying down on the ice and stuff was yeah. like, that was probably a bigger deal than, than Larson, you know, sucking wind first day of training camp type of thing, because, you know, Yo Levy is a guy who there's a lot of pressure on him. This is yeah. his make or break year. He's got this one year deal and, you know, he was a, a, fairly highly touted first round pick. They passed over some pretty good guys to take him. And he has not lived up to expectations in his defense. He's struggled with injuries. You know, he's had hip surgery and, you know, he's missed a chunk of time and that's set his development back. But, you know, this was supposed to be the year that he comes into camp, you know, having had a taste of NHL action now, and he was going to come in and solidify his spot. And he, you know, did himself zero favors by doing that. Well, I look at it this way, you know, 
fans overreacting to like a half video they see stuff like that at least you don't have people reacting to Johnny Gaudreau who every now and then at the trade deadline will pull Calgary Flames out of his bio on Twitter and then everybody that roots for the Flames loses their minds because they're like oh my god he's been traded oh my god he doesn't want to be in Calgary like so this is what we deal with on that side we deal with the Johnny Gaudreau thinks he's got to go or no Johnny Gaudreau is awesome he has to stay which is the most ridiculous argument I've ever heard of but yeah for us it's uh Elias Pettersson posting pictures of what he's wearing on Instagram (laughs) things like that and yeah it's you know I mean there's there are times where if if we didn't need it for what we do I would just take Twitter and Facebook and just flush them and not look back but you know, yeah. it is what it Tw- is. And... Yeah. yeah, Twitter is the ultimate cesspool of newsfeed. It's amazing. It's just like, it's one of those things you just scroll through and you're just like, well, thank God that's not me. Well, that's not yeah. my problem, you know. So um, anything else you want to add about uh, Vancouver or your your site as you guys get ready to uh, crank up and start the season? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's going to be a bit of a change for us this year. We're, uh, we're going through a bit of a shuffle um, with writers and stuff like that and mm-hmm. um, our podcast crew that worked quite so well are moving on to some bigger and better things and uh you know i mean we've had a kind of an inside joke at nux misconduct is that we were like the farm team for other media organizations because people start (laughs) off writing for us and then they go on to write for the athletic or newspapers or you know i mean we, we have one former writer who works for the toronto maple leafs and just you know, it, it's become such a regular occurrence that I, I just don't even blink anymore. It's just, okay, who's leaving this time, you know? But, uh, yeah, no, I. it's going to be a strange season because I don't really know what kind of expectations to have this year. Like last year, I didn't, I felt that they were not going to do all that well, that the playoff they were lucky to get into the playoffs. They got hot and they went on a bit of a run, but really they weren't, you know, they weren't, they weren't going to beat Vegas. It's that Thatcher Demko almost stole a series for them that they went to seven games. So, you know, last year we saw it was worse than we could have even imagined this year. It, you know, it really depends. We've got some new guys. If this defense can, even marginally improve over the way they've been the last two years, you know, they might be able to squeak in, but you know, I've learned over the years just not to get my hopes up. It's better to be pleasantly surprised than just sit there and go, well, I knew that was going to happen. So we, we literally write and root for the exact same team, just in different cities. <laughs> it is the, like anything that yeah. happens, anything that happens beyond disaster is like, oh, it wasn't so bad. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I, can I piggyback on something real quick? You mentioned oh, last sure. year, like totally being like a hot mess. Like, do you think it was hard for teams like, I'll include Calgary in there as well, and Vancouver last year, because you look, I mean, Montreal, Toronto, Edmonton, like that's 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 what 10 it's like 28 games against those three teams total like that's a lot playing the powerhouses of canada i mean mm-hmm. you think that you think that was one of the reasons that it was tough do you think vancouver might have been better last year playing in a normal uh scheduled nhl season oh yeah definitely you know yeah. i mean you know it you still have to play the games right yeah. and there's not a guarantee that you're going to lose or anything like that but yeah they you know 
they just it, it, it's kind of like the situation with the blue jays where they're cursed to forever be in the division with the yankees and the red Sox all the time yeah. you know so it, not that it's happening again but you know they found themselves in a situation where half of the teams in their division were just far better than them and you know when you start dropping games to the other teams in the division you're not going to have success so yeah it's like I mean, you they, can... they they did manage to pull off a couple wins against the leafs but you know still what they weren't they they didn't have a sniff at the playoffs all year yeah it's like if you were going to struggle with you know montreal or toronto you'd have to take advantage of beating up on the Calgarys and, you know, maybe splitting with Edmonton, something like that. And, and, and Winnipeg's even tough too. Cause you know, Connor Hellebuck's just, if you can, he's deep he runs that team. So, you yeah. know, they're there, it, that definitely a tough division last year. So I was, I kind of felt that way too. I was hoping that, you know, if maybe Calgary had played their typical normal, you know, Pacific schedule mixed with everything else, maybe results would have been different. But like you said, you play the games you play and I'll be honest with you, by the end of the season, I didn't want to see Edmonton ever again. Like the battle of Alberta <laughs> is supposed to be special. And by like game 10, I'm like enough, enough with Edmonton. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like tired of McDavid. And yeah. Yeah. So. I, you know, as as and I as much fun as it was to see Montreal go on that run last year, and I, I did enjoy watching them play through the playoffs. The regular season games against Montreal were just absolute hell. It was hell, you know, watching Tyler Toffoli, a guy who, you know, any other GM running that team would have had him locked in, yeah. and Benning just let him walk, you know, and then he That's comes tough. back and just single-handedly you know destroys the canucks every time they play them that year it was you know it was uh it was hard and i mean we're used to some disappointing losses with this franchise over the years you know but man that was it was really tough to watch a lot of that stuff last year but you know hopefully they're turning a bit of a corner and uh you know this is this is benning's last shot like if he doesn't get it right this year, then you know Aquilini will definitely be moving on from him. Like you know they've invested a ton of money into letting this guy run the team, and there's not very much at all to show for it. Well, I mean, there seems to be some definite, um, you know, like ancestral like signings between Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton. And Calgary seems to be like, oh, you weren't good on that team. All right, we'll take you from Vancouver. We'll take you. Maybe we'll take Benning. You can have Tre Living, you know, because I think Tre Living's in the same spot with Calgary. This has got to be, if this doesn't work with the trash they signed in the offseason, uh, I can't imagine that he sticks around as GM. So who knows? Maybe you can have him and we'll take Benning. I don't know. Well, at least you don't have Zach Ronaldo anymore, right? So, you know. Okay. I can't get into Zach Ronaldo because I didn't. <laughs> Wait, there was a thing with him last year where I did the, uh, the top the the best players to wear numbers like one through 93 in flames history. And I named Troy Brower, the best number 36. And he got on me on Twitter about it. And I was like, do you see what I'm picking from? I'm picking from you and Brower. Like, it's like, (laughs) I don't have a lot to work with. And Brower has better stats. And I said, Hey, why don't you come on the podcast and defend yourself? He's like, no, I'll let my playing do the talking. And I'm like, I think he played in like 12 games, you know, (laughs) and now he's out of like, and now he's not even playing with Columbus. So, Yes, I got a spot. I have a soft spot for Zach Ronaldo. So that was like uh, when the Canucks did a, a 
video with uh, mean tweets that fans did and uh, Brandon Sutter pulled up one of mine calling out his goal song. So yeah, that was nice. I was, I was at work at the time and someone's like, Hey, you better check your Twitter, man. I'm like, Oh God. So yeah. Hey, every now and then it's nice to know that someone playing on the ice is actually paying attention to what you're saying, you know, good, bad or indifferent, I suppose. Yeah. So, all right. Awesome. Well, Kent, thanks for coming on and uh, giving us a little preview of the Vancouver Canucks season coming up. If you want to check these guys out, follow them on Twitter. It's at Nucks, N-U-C-K-S, Mix Misconduct. Or you can check them out on the web at www.nuxmisconduct.com. They are part of the SB Nation hockey family, the same as Matchsticks and Gasoline. Kent, thank you so much for coming on. Maybe we can do this My again a couple pleasure. times during the season. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. Awesome. To you guys. Same to you as well. So, again, thank you for coming on, and we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.